0: does anyone else feel just incredibly uncomfortable talking about what you do and marketing yourself, promoting your business? Well, if marketing and self-promotion has always made you just feel incredibly uncomfortable and you've never felt like you actually understood or felt confident in what you should say and how you should go out in the world to share the work that you're doing, This conversation today is for you. I am joined by my dear friend, Nikki Nash, the author of the brand new book, Market Your Genius, and I cannot wait for you to hear this conversation. Are you ready to grow from solopreneur to CEO? You're in the right place. I'm your host, Rachel Cook, and I've spent the last decade helping women entrepreneurs start and scale service-based businesses. If you're serious about building a sustainable business, it's time to put the strategy, systems, and support in place to make it happen. Join me each week for candid conversations about stepping into your role as CEO, the hard lessons learned along the way, and practical, profitable strategies to grow a sustainable business without the hustle and burnout. Hey there, CEOs, welcome back to another conversation with one of my business besties. Nikki Nash is somebody who I got to know a few years ago. And it's so funny, as I'm recording the intros for these episodes, I realized I met Nikki and Jaquette at two different Rebel Conference events. Which just goes to show how powerful this boutique conference is. And just a quick plug for Rebel there is another conference coming up. And if you want to meet amazing women, just like Jaquette and Nikki, who I've been sharing, you might want to come check out this amazing conference. The founder of Rebel, Shannon Siriano, is one of our mentors inside of the CEO Collective. We absolutely love having her and she is incredible at bringing together ambitious, amazing women who have incredible things to say that are going to change the world. And so there's my little plug to come check out the upcoming Rebel Conference here in Richmond, Virginia. I believe it is happening later this fall. So back to the real conversation for today's episode. I reached out to my friend Nikki because we have been connected now for a few years. We met at Rebel. We ended up attending another conference together in New York City a little while after that and have just continued to support one another. So when she got a book deal, I was just cheering her on because I knew that her approach to helping women market their genius was one of the smartest approaches I'd heard to helping women become more confident in talking about what they do and sharing what they do and in packaging their experience and expertise in a way that they can leverage that and be able to grow a real business around that. So, if you have never heard of Nikki, Nikki is a Hay House author, an international speaker, and marketing mentor for women entrepreneurs. She's the host of the Market Your Genius podcast and founder of the Genius Profit Lab, where she equips entrepreneurs and authors with the tools and resources they need to share and profit from their experience. I know you're going to love this conversation. I will be following up with the key takeaways at the end. You will hear Nikki and I could talk forever. We have so much in common. And I think if you enjoy the way that I have been approaching talking about marketing here on Promote Yourself to CEO, Nikki brings just a different approach, a different kind of lens to look at marketing, but we're really in sync with the way that we think about it. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation. Let's dive in. Hey there, CEOs. Welcome back to a very special interview today. I am sitting here looking at my amazing friend, Nikki Nash, who I have had the pleasure of knowing for a few years now. We got to know each other as we were both speaking at and attending similar conferences. And you would have to say, I would say you're like a kindred spirit to me. We got each other instantly and instantly were like, yep, we are going to be great friends. What I love about Nikki is the amazing background that you bring to the table when we're talking about business and marketing and entrepreneurship. So Nikki,
1: thank you so much for joining me. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. This is like a treat for me.
0: Well, I'm so excited for you because your new book is coming out soon and I want to talk about it. I want to talk about Market Your Genius and how you decided to... Write this book and put it out in the world. But before we dive into the book specifically, I'd love for you to share a little bit about your background because you came to your business in a little bit of a <laughs> long and r- winding road.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like everybody who is an entrepreneur either they're they're one of two pl- places more often than not. They're either a serial <laughs> entrepreneur since like the day they were born and they've never had a job, or they like went through these crazy interesting paths and then netted out on entrepreneurship being what was right for them. And I'm definitely the latter of the crazy winding road. But it all kind of started, it's interesting, it started before I even went to college where I thought I wanted to be an actress. And so I was actively pursuing that in high school. And long story short, I changed my career desires a million times from actress to journalist. And by the time I graduated with a degree and an entire background in writing, ideally going into journalism, I met marketing people. And I'm like, these people are so cool. I was at this summer program to learn the publishing industry so that I could learn, you know, how do I become a magazine editor? And all the marketing people at magazines are really fun and cool. And next thing I knew, I was in marketing, learning how to get in front of audiences, sell essentially your products and services. So I learned marketing. I learned sales. And realized that as the internet came to be, there's this amazing combination of content meets marketing and sales, which is what we know as content marketing, which I feel like my entire background was designed for. It's like, how do you create content to build relationships with people and ultimately sell them on a product or a service or an idea? And so uh, long story shorter, ended up in corporate America working at Intel, doing content marketing and digital marketing for them, like strategy work. Uh, left to start my own business, freaked out, and ended up taking a head of marketing job at a tech startup. (laughs) Did that for a year and a half. And I learned a ridiculous amount doing that because I had to know everything about marketing because there was no department. It was like I was the, the head of the department and the department was like two to three people. So I learned a ridiculous amount around marketing and sales for small businesses and startups and realized so many people don't know how to effectively generate leads, position themselves as an expert, build their business, uh, particularly from a marketing and sales perspective. And so that's where my business was kind of born out of. I want to be the person that helps uh, entrepreneurs. I focus on uh, women entrepreneurs, um, female entrepreneurs, how to build a brand that they use to sell their products and also how do they generate leads. So all of the fun marketing things I mentor women on.
0: I love that you went through this journey and you went from corporate to a startup when you were like, nope, I don't think I'm ready yet to jump into the business owner world. But that's really interesting because I think a lot of times people come from corporate and they assume that what they knew in corporate is enough to translate into small micro owner-operated businesses, but often it's not. It's too high level and we just don't have the resources or the the manpower or the woman power to make those things happen. But in the startup world, you have to really be able to use very little resources, very creatively in order to make it work.
1: A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I've worked with clients who said, you know, I have this background in marketing. I'm like, that's great. That actually doesn't help you. I mean, it helps. It's definitely helpful, but it's not the same degree as starting something from the ground up. And I think, you know, I, before I went to corporate, I worked at ad agencies. And so I was agency side and that helped a bit because you were the, at least the person doing the stuff that the client or like corporate was strategizing on. And so I've had that like little bit of, oh, I know how to get stuff done. And then I also know how to make the strategy. And I have a holistic view of of everything from like selling into retail stores, the the startup I worked for, um, did software and hardware. And so we were negotiating deals with uh, retail stores and all this other stuff and figuring out how to do partnership marketing. So I kind of got this interesting breadth of selling direct to consumer, selling to retail stores, (laughs) selling, you know, all sorts of things. So it was really, really cool. So now that you have this book coming out called
0: Market Your Genius, what made you decide to focus specifically on entrepreneurs who are experts in their field? Like, what is it about marketing your genius that is different from the other types of marketing that we hear about?
1: Yeah, I think, and and this rang true for me, and it may not be right for everyone, but hopefully somebody who is listening to this, you listening right now, you're going, yes, Nikki, that was so me. When I left corporate, and really, when I left the startup, because that's more when I really set this on, I knew I wanted to work for myself. And all of the people or women that I saw leaving corporate to work for themselves, they started, you know, marketing consulting businesses, right? And so I thought that's what one did if you wanted to work for yourself and you didn't have a physical product idea. Like if I I didn't have uh, an idea for something like really innovative and in whether it was like the clothing space or the baby space or the tech space or like whatever space that I had some experience in, I just knew, well, I have this knowledge and I know that it would be valuable to other people. So I want to sell that. But what's interesting about entering kind of an experts industry is that you could be an expert on something. And that doesn't mean that you're going to be able to market and sell that thing effectively because you may not have the tools or skills. And this is coming from somebody who is marketing, marketing, like I'm literally (laughs) marketing myself as a marketer and still had to really learn and create systems and structures and processes to do it effectively. And I knew that if I, even though I had success early on, if I was still, you know, bumping up against mindset stuff, bumping up against strategy stuff, I knew other people would be doing the same. And so I was like, yeah, for those women or you know, people, really, who are interested in turning their experiences, their expertise, their stories into a business so that they can spread, whether it's transformation or information in the world, there are things that you need to know outside of what you're an expert in. And I really wanted to help those people because that's who I was and who I kept attracting and who I, I knew their challenges very, very clearly and very well. It's so interesting because I think this is something
0: that happens to a a lot of us, especially if we're coming from like some sort of more traditional background where we're able to use all the jargony language and we're talking to other people who are just like us. But when we start our businesses and now we've got to go find clients, they look at us like we have, you know, three heads and they're like, what are you talking about? I don't understand anything. And we have to figure out how to meet them where they are and really connect with them and help people see why we are a great add-on to their team or someone they should be working with. So I definitely understand that because I experienced that as well. When I started my business, it was very much like, oh, I can say I'm going to do all these things, but they don't even understand what that really means or why they should care about that.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. And it's just such an interesting, almost like perspective shift because you go into it going well, I know they need this and I know I'm an expert and I know I'm amazing. So why don't they just go, sure, here's some money, right? (laughs) (laughs) And you have to go, oh, I have to not only effectively position myself in the marketplace as a good option, I also have to explain to them in a way that they're going to understand what they need and why, and then do it in such a way that also shows that I'm different from everybody else who might be marketing or reaching out to them about things that are similar, And so it's like you almost have to package, even though you're selling yourself, you have to package yourself (laughs) and turn it into, you know, what's your unique uh, hook or way of describing things, or maybe you have a signature system or frameworks or structures or a different philosophy. Like, what is it about you that somebody will go, wow, that's what I need, that's different than anybody else out there? Even if there are a ton of people that would be, great options for them. You know, it's like, yeah, these other people could be great options for you. But I'm going to show you why you want to choose me and why you want to choose me now. Would you say that
0: this approach of marketing your genius is the same as building a personal brand? Or is it different?
1: There are definitely overlap and similarities. And I actually teach personal branding when I teach things to folks in our programs and things like that. Because for the most part, it's very similar where I think it it kind of If I were to add another layer to it, is that with personal branding, oftentimes people are doing a lot of expert positioning. Like, hey, I need to be known as an expert on a topic and I want to make sure my messaging's on point. I maybe want to speak on stages, be guest on podcasts, maybe be featured in the press. And it's very much how do I position myself as an expert, which is definitely part of marketing your genius. The thing that I would add to it is that you also, if you want to differentiate yourself, you have to almost create a brand within a brand that could exist outside of who you are. And what I mean by that is if you have, um, I'll I'll just use things that already exist because it's helpful for people. Like Stephen Covey has his area of expertise in his personal brand, but he also created Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which then could spearhead into like Seven Habits of Highly Effective Teens, which his son wrote that book. And like, so that's a brand of itself that you start that differentiates you, but it's not the it's not 100% tied to exclusively to your brand. And so um, part of it is going, all right, who am I? How do I differentiate myself? What's my personal brand? And then what are the trademarkable, frameworkable, I'm making up words now, um, like (laughs) (laughs) made up words that you can put together that will kind of live beyond you and are um, a, how do I want to put it? Like a package of your area of expertise. So for example, I teach things like the mad scientist framework, or I'll teach something called just like dating. And so I make up all these things. I have something called OPP. I like music references, right? So like all of these things are little frameworks or systems or things that I teach to help people build their marketing plan. And as much as it's like, oh yeah, Nikki teaches this, if I'm gone or if I want to certify people in this, like I can, and it could be something that lives without me. But it's like my genius lives on beyond my personal brand.
0: I love that. And I think this is something we all need to be thinking about. If we want to grow our business beyond like the whole trading time for money, but the whole, you know, people hire you for an hour of consulting or an hour of coaching at a time. We have to have assets that we can sell. And those assets, like you said, these names, these programs, these frameworks, these things that you've created that can live beyond you, but also they allow you to really grow an amazing business that doesn't depend on just you hundred percent of the time.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And it allows you to scale and yeah, it allows you to scale your business and your message, which is nice. I love that. I
0: want to know, as we were talking about all these frameworks and you know different things you put in place, You have kind of a three-step process that you walk people through when you're talking about marketing your genius. Can you walk us through that in like a really high level?
1: Yeah. So what's cool is, um, what, and I think a lot of people understand this, when you have so much knowledge, you realize like, how can I turn things into three steps or five steps or something? It's like, there are way more steps than that, right? And so what you do is you create three or five or, you know, heck, if you really want to, seven Steps and there's usually like micro steps and frameworks and within those, so things that I mentioned earlier like mad scientist framework, just like dating OPP, those all fall under one of the three steps that I'm describing to you. Um, but the first step is to package your genius, and so the whole idea of this kind of like three step framework is how do I build a business from a marketing perspective and and really sales as well that consistently grows. And so you first need to package what you know. You need to create um, you know, a product, a service, your frameworks, everything that's packageable. Like so how do you turn yeah. what you know into a product essentially in it of itself or a brand in it of itself? And then the second step is great like great. Okay, I have my I know who I'm marketing to, I know what I'm marketing, I know what my brand is. I got all that down. How the heck do I market it? Like, how do I get it in front of people such that they buy from me? And that phase is about promoting your genius. And it's all about, you know, building a marketing plan, testing and validating that marketing plan, building systems and structures from a marketing perspective so that you can consistently have dream clients and customers. And then the last piece is about delivering on that promise, but doing it in such a way that your clients not only continue to buy from you, but they tell everybody and their mother, about you and you know, leave reviews, testimonials, case studies, so that it's kind of refilling your pipeline. So you want to deliver such an amazing experience that people are going, oh my gosh, have you heard of Rachel? Oh my gosh, have you heard of Nikki? Oh my gosh, you need to buy their books. You need to like join their programs. Everything's amazing. Have you heard of the CEO Collective? Like they're just going to tell everybody and their mother about everything that's magical. Become your best, you know, case studies and reviews and testimonials such that other people are going, yes, I'm in. And it makes kind of that consistent process of having dream clients and customers uh, continue to to work for you.
0: I love that. It's so simple when you break it down like that. But like you said, there's a lot of parts that are underneath each of that. And I find that even, gosh, I don't know, I'm like 14 years into the business business now. You're still refining all of these things. There's no like, ooh, I'm done with that good and don't have to touch it again. It is always a process of refinement, even you know I refining your offer, refining how you're showing up and promoting your work, refining your customer experience like these are things that it's great to have the framework because now you can see where you need to continue putting effort. but it isn't a one and done. Like doing these things doesn't mean you don't have to do it again. You don't have to do it anymore.
1: A hundred percent. It's like mindset. I had this epiphany when I started my business where I I would hear people talk about mindset and they'd say, or transformation. And they'd say, it's like, you know, a caterpillar transforming into a butterfly, right? And then I was like, you know what, that is some BS because a caterpillar turns into a butterfly and they don't turn back into a caterpillar and mindset. And same thing with your business is that like you're constantly like growing and then you end up kind of feeling like you're back at zero, but like, cause you're, you're about to hit a new growth spurt or a new development level. And so it's like, I thought, you know, if I had a mindset block that I went to a seminar or I got some coaching around it and then I moved through it and I would never have that problem ever again in life. Hashtag wrong. And so it's like, as you mentioned with these systems and frameworks, it's like, Oh, okay. Well, I've built, I have a product. I have a marketing plan. All right. I have great customers and clients. Great. Okay. You want to expand? Maybe you're going from one on one to one to many, and you now are developing, you know, a group program or a course or a membership. Well, guess what? You have to create a new package for something. You have to figure out how you're going to market that thing in a way that doesn't alienate people or like take away from the money you're already bringing in. And then you also have to figure out how to deliver it in such a way that people recommend you and all this other stuff. So you're constantly, as you mentioned earlier, tweaking, going back, understanding, learning, growing, all that jazz.
0: Yeah, it's an ongoing thing. And I feel like if there's one thing I wish every new entrepreneur knew, it's that you're always going to be doing this work. It's And the things that show up as like your roadblocks, your mindset hurdles, they will probably show up as you continue to go. Because what is it? The new level, new devil. You always have something showing up that you have to be like, oh, I thought I worked through that already. But no, I've got to work on it again and go even deeper this time and work on it some more. Oh my goodness. Well, when you look at these different things, you know, this is the nice thing about this framework is it's Very strategic from a high level versus like nitty gritty tactical where, I mean, it's not saying, well, you have to be on TikTok right now because of this, that, and the other. Instead, it's saying, hey, we have to have a promotion plan for your business. Can you talk about where things like trends and changes in marketing tactics fit into all of this? How do you approach that?
1: Yeah. So couple things I always tell people is number one, if you are a solopreneur or a small business, you are likely not in the same kind of league as big corporations. And that's a good thing. And the reason why I say that is because when I worked at big corporations, I managed a team where like I managed the, there was like the Instagram person. And then there was like the Facebook person and, you know, the Pinterest person. And I'm like, oh, when I was at Intel, it was right when... Instagram had allowed businesses to be on the brand. So I was building that strategy and Pinterest Mm -hmm. had just come out. So I was building that strategy, which now feels like I don't even want to look at the dates. It's probably been 10 years since I've done that, but it feels like like a bajillion years ago, right? And so they're constantly can dedicate an entire person whose job is to figure out what the heck should we be doing on TikTok? What the heck should we be doing on Clubhouse? Like they have a person that's dedicated to that, right? Right. Now when you're Wild. build right like when you're building a business and you're have a small team what I like to have people do is to have maybe it's like you get to determine the percentage that's right for you but like 80% or 90% of your marketing is stuff you know works and you're not going to change it you're just going to keep like looking at the metrics tweaking it along the way maybe you like invest a little bit more in the stuff you know is working that's going to keep your business moving forward And then you can dedicate, maybe it's like 10% or 5% or 20% of your time, energy, and or money towards new things. And so it should really be something that's like, oh, okay, let's see how this could potentially help us in our business. And I think so often people go, oh my goodness, everybody's talking about this new thing. I need to spend all of my time there. And I'm going to be there all day, every day, because people are saying it's the greatest thing. And then you're going, well, I'm not making any money. And it's like, yeah, because you just abandon any momentum that you had in the things that were either stable or were moving towards stability, right? And so what I encourage people to do is you want to have a plan that you've tested and validated that you know works for your business. And then you can have some playtime and energy like, oh, cool. What's this clubhouse thing? Let me go on there. Maybe I'll do it once a week. Maybe I'll do it twice a month. Maybe I'll do it. You know, you get to choose how much time and energy you're going to put into it. But I really encourage people to focus on things that they know are going to work for their business because you don't have the luxury of dedicating a person who gets paid like sixty thousand to a hundred thousand dollars to play around with a new pa- platform as part of their job, right? Like, you know, they probably have other parts of their job, right? But they have opportunity and time and energy that they can spend just playing around and figuring stuff out and And a lot of times, depending on the company, the reason they're doing it is because they have a bunch of competitors and they want to be there first, right? And for you, that may seem like, oh, yeah, well, I have competitors and I need to be there first. But the impact of being there first for you is going to be different than the impact of them being there first. Because for them, it's not usually a money play. It's usually a, hey, we need to be there first so that we can have all this cool content so that we can pitch the media on what smart things our company is doing from a you know, marketing perspective so that then we can go to our CMO and ask for more money because we're getting written up in the press and doing really cool things. Like what? That is not what your business is probably looking to do. So it's really going, all right, what are the things that are going to work for me? What are the things that make the most sense for my business growth and development? Let me focus on that, stick to the plan. And then you can have a little playtime with it's with uh, other things. It's like asking your kids to eat their vegetables before they have ice cream. It's like a similar concept, like eat your vegetables for your business. And then you could have some ice cream.
0: Well, and this is the stuff that when I look at people's businesses, and they're telling me how frustrated they are that they're not regularly bringing in enough clients, or they feel like they're kind of stopping and starting and stopping and starting. And I look, you know, over a period of time at what they've been doing. It's that inconsistency that ends up kicking your ass because consistency matters and finding a strategy that works for you and really staying focused on it, that is what builds a momentum. Changing tactics every you know few months is how you really find yourself slowing down because you're constantly, you know, trying to re find that momentum. Uh, and it's 100%. so hard. It's so hard. So I love what you said there that you should have like you know, 80% of it, what's working, you're working the system that you have in place, and then you have like 10, 20% to play. But you don't go out and play at the expense of the things that are working.
1: Yeah. And if you currently are somebody who's like, but I don't have anything that's working now, then that's actually your homework assignment. That's your number one job. Come up with a plan, like a hypothesis that says, these are the things that I believe if I do this, like if I, I'm making this up, if I, you know, guest on a podcast and drive people to, you know, m- my webinar, I'm really making this up off the top of my head. And then like at the webinar, pitch people, like train and develop people in an amazing way and then pitch an application to my coaching business. Like if that's your hypothesis and what you want to do, then do that over and over and over again and track all your results and see what's working and not working so that you can make tweaks. And then you can find playtime. You may not have time for playtime. You might be on a diet and you might not be allowed to have ice cream right now, but that doesn't mean you'll never be able to have ice cream. It just means that your business really needs that consistent income right now. And in order to get there, it means it needs your consistent focus and your consistent activation, implementation, like consistent work, right? And so that means you may have to say, cool, Clubhouse will be there tomorrow. TikTok will be there tomorrow. Instagram Reels will be there tomorrow, like depending on where you are in your business. And you may not be the first person to do it. And that's okay because there are tons of people who are spending a lot of time creating content on places that are poor. Like there are tons of, like, I think about YouTubers for a long time. YouTubers were just spending time creating YouTube videos, hoping that they can get a lot of viewers so that they can ultimately maybe be an influencer and get paid products or maybe get advertising dollars. And then somebody was like, why don't you try building a business? And they're like, what? And so they at least had the consistent action down, but they didn't have the monetization part down. And so for you, if you don't have consistent income, it's like figure out the consistent marketing and monetization plans for yourself. Do that consistently. And focus only on that. And then all the other cool stuff can come uh, at a later date. Don't worry. If you feel like you're having FOMO about some of the new platforms, a new one's going to come out. Like there will always be a new one. All the time. So jump on that one. <laughs> you know, that could be your playtime in the future.
0: Yeah. I think this is just so important. And people who have been, you know, running their own business for a while, they tend to realize, you know, over time, it's the consistency that matters over creativity often, like over uh, getting on the next platform, over going after the next, you know, trendy, you know, way to run your business. And there's always going to be these trends where we feel like, Oh, everybody's um, running a mastermind. I should run a mastermind or everybody's going over to this social media platform. I should go over here too. Or everybody's talking about these topics. I should talk about these too. And I think coming back to the message in your book, it's all about finding your specific genius, your specific way of standing out, and then doubling, tripling down on that and not getting pulled in so many different directions.
1: 150%. Because I think one of the biggest mistakes people make, and um, there's a number of them that I mentioned in the book, one of which you mentioned was inconsistent marketing. But a lot of people have so many ideas or so many things on their list because they're looking at everybody else and all the different things that they should be doing or could be doing. It's like, oh my gosh, I should do webinars. Nope, now it's all about challenges. What, I need to do a live launch. Oh my goodness, I need to run ads. What, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Click Funnels. You know, like I need a funnel. I need all these things and people get overwhelmed. It's like, you don't yeah. need all that stuff. In fact, you could probably have a really good business doing local stuff, locally, in where you live, like you could easily have a good business, locally, have your money come in there. And then if you want to market yourself and do videos and do stuff to build awareness, globally, you can do that to slowly start building up, you know, a business that's international, or, or that's even national, but you can easily make good money just by targeting people that live within probably like a 30 to 60 mile radius of your house absolutely and this is something that makes
0: me a little uh, crazy because i feel like we've heard and been fed this story that we have to be doing all of these things to reach all of these people but like you said you could have people in your local community who would be amazing clients you can have people in your existing network who are the perfect people for you to get the ball rolling with your business and you can have a great business without the complicated online marketing funnels, automations, triggered emails, like all of that stuff to me is layers of complication that 99% of most businesses don't really need. If you were to strip it down and keep it really simple, you would get incredible results without all of the headaches of trying to, you know, optimize your 27 step funnel.
1: Truth. So true. And I think so often there are people who are marketing things that they've heard other people market it, market, or they are trying things that they heard will work and has worked for them maybe even, but they're like the 1% or like the 0.1%, but they're sometimes the loudest. And so, or the most attractive. And so, so, and I mean, in terms of messaging. And so often people are hearing, wow, I can just, you know, throw up a webinar, drive some ads to it and make a billion dollars and I don't have to do anything. I can just have a course and it's just, I'm just making money while I'm sleeping. I'm making money while I'm at the beach. I'm making money while I'm like, I don't know, changing diapers. And yes, I'm sure that somebody has that business model and somebody is making money doing that. But the real question you have to ask yourself is, How many times did they do a webinar and fail before they got it to work? How much money did they spend on ads before it started being profitable? And do you have that time, energy, and resources? And so often people don't realize that it could take people two, three, four, five years before their online easy breezy marketing plan worked for them, right? And I'm not against it. I'm like, cool. But you just have to be, it's managing expectations. And I think so often we are fed like, this is going to work, instant gratification, everything's magic. And then statistically, barely anybody's making money. But all that gets marketed are the like one, two, three, four, five people, or like 1% of people that are making it work. And it could be because they already had a big audience or because they already had, you know, money to invest into this or something else going on, who knows. But I think so often people have expectations that are a bit Different from what reality is of entrepreneurship. And that's where disappointment comes in. And that's usually where I'm gonna quit comes in because they're like, whoa, I should have made this should have worked. I mean, my first webinar, I think three people showed up. Three, three people, my first webinar. I mean, I was lucky that I think two of them purchased something. (laughs) So I was lucky in that sense. But if like statistically, for yeah, I would not have had any sales with three people showing up statistically in terms of the percentage of people that buy when they go yeah. to webinars. So you you got to just like keep going. My first group program launched zero people purchased. Right, zero, zero, and I was like devastated. Like I'm never doing a group launch before ever again. And then I was like, oh, that's actually normal. Just nobody's
0: talking about it. And I think this is something we've totally got to normalize because yeah, those first few launches are really tough, especially if you have no audience and no resources other than your time to put it out there. Like it, it's just, there is a component of all of this. It's a numbers game and there's a component of all of this. It's just showing up consistently over time because even, I mean, you can only connect the dots looking backwards, but the opportunities that have come to me over time, and I'm sure for you too, Nikki, have often come not because of any fancy marketing tactic or anything. For me, they've come because I've consistently built my network, network, consistently followed up and connected with people and consistently put myself out there. So those first few launches where there were like, nobody signing up for anything. (laughs) Well, you're not making any money and you're like, oh crap, I've spent so much money on getting this thing created. But it was the first time to do all of that and practice all of that. And then the next time it became easier and now I could start getting more momentum just because the people I was starting to connect with were starting to pay attention and starting to share it and starting to put the word out there for me and with me. And that's the part that I think we need to talk about even more is if we just keep showing up consistently, you don't know today what your business will look like six months or a year or two years from now based on who you're talking with today or the actions that you're taking today.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I shared a story in the book, um, where I had this brilliant idea to have this Facebook live show called content and coffee. And I did it consistently and nobody ever commented or liked it or did anything. Right. And so after a while I'm like, this has got to be a waste of time. I'm just not going to do it. And then months later, I'm talking maybe like six months later, if not a year later, I had somebody reach out to me going, Oh my gosh. I loved all your like content and coffee videos. I used to watch them all the time. I'm now ready to work with you. And they signed up for something that was 10 grand. And I was legit like, you, ha- I don't even know who you are. Like, I, like the sales call was like, she just went, Oh, well, I had to book a call with you because of the process. Otherwise I would have just signed up. And I was like, what? We've literally never spoken ever. I didn't even know. You existed because you watched stuff and never said anything. Yeah. And this happens
0: all the time. Like I've had this happen to me so many times where, and this is why the whole like funnel convert people instantly thing. I'm like, that is such a short-term view because I have people who sign up to work with me and they're like, yeah, I've been following you for years. I took this challenge you did. I heard you on this podcast interview you did. And It just reinforces to me that the best way to improve the sustainability, the longevity of my business is to keep showing up every single day, planting those seeds and staying unattached to how long it takes that person to be ready for me. Because some people will listen to a podcast interview and be like, I want to work with you right now. And some people will listen to it, get on your mailing list and kind of hang out for a while until it's their time. And either way, it's okay. Like people are going to need to take their own time. But my job is to just keep showing up so that no matter where they are personally, I'm here for them. And I think that's something more marketers need to remember is that it's not about the instant gratification. It's about making sure you're showing up consistently so that people can say yes when they're ready.
1: Yeah. Like you don't want to be the friend that only shows up with a marketing message, metaphorically, when they want something, right? And you don't want to be the friend that ghosts people, right, (laughs) like all together. So you want to be the friend that's there for them, whether they need need you right now or not. And they're the first person they're going to call because you've got their back. And so you want to show up as that person who has your audience's back, knows what they need, is consistently showing up. That doesn't mean you never make an offer. Yes, you make offers, but you just don't get attached to the fact that Maybe not everyone who you thought would say yes, said yes, right? And you just go, okay, well, what do I think I could have done better next time? Was I consistent enough? Was my messaging on point? Did I make the right offer? Okay, let's tweak something a little bit. Was everything perfect and I just need to keep doing it? Oh, okay. Like, you'll figure it out. It's a bit of an art and a science. But the key to your point is you got to do it consistently. Keep showing up. Absolutely.
0: Well, Nikki, as we wrap up, I want to make sure everyone knows all about your amazing upcoming book, Market Your Genius. When does it become available and where can people find more about your work?
1: Yeah. So the book is available for pre-order right now. And the book officially releases August 24th of 2021 like to leave dates because I know some people like me listen to podcast episodes that are like three years old because it had good information in it. So yeah, book it may be out already depending on who's listening to this when. But uh, if you want to grab a copy of the book, you can just head to nickynashco forward slash book. Or um, head to marketyourgeniusbook.com, whichever is easiest for you to remember. But either way, you will get to my page that has all magical information on the book. And that's my website. So you'll also see information about like more about who I am, my other content I create. I also have a podcast called Market Your Genius. So you can get all of the Market Your Genius content you could ever desire by heading over to Nash.co.
0: I love it. I love it. And I'm so excited about your book. I remember when you told me you got your book deal and I was so excited for you because it is a big deal to get a book deal in place. It's a long process. It's taken you a few years to
1: get through this, but. Oh my gosh. I could have written like, I mean, I couldn't have, but I could have written like three books in the time from got book deal to a book coming out, but I'm really, really proud and excited for what I created.
0: I'm excited for you as well. Well, thank you so much, Nikki, for joining me today.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: So there you have it. I hope you loved this conversation with Nikki. And you probably have a page full of notes of things that we talked about. But a few key takeaways that I think would be helpful. One thing that we really honed in on is the importance of taking your experience, your expertise, and turning it into a system or a framework because that is how you get it all out of your head and into a package that can be repeatable, something that can be leveraged. Now, the beautiful thing about doing this is now you have a real asset in your business that you can use to grow your business even if you aren't delivering that information all the time. This could take so many different forms. And we have seen so many different forms take place inside of the CEO Collective and with all of our clients. I mean, it could be a book. It could be a signature talk. It could be a online course. It could be a group coaching program. It could be a licensing program where you're teaching other people or a certification program where you're teaching other people or licensing other people the ability to use this framework with their own clients. There are so many ways to package up what you know, but it really starts with coming up with that signature system or framework so that you or other people can go out there and continue to teach it again and again and again. When you are able to say that you have a signature framework, it instantly sets you apart in a whole nother level of expertise, right? And I think that's something that, We tend to not think about if we are so used to just working directly with our clients and being very intuitive and, you know, just coming up with things as we go. When we have that clear framework, when we've put structure around it, when we've branded that, we've actually given it a name. That's when everything changes. That's when things really start to shift for your business and it becomes so much easier to talk about what you do. It becomes so much easier to sell more of what you do. It becomes so much easier to scale your business. We also talked about, in addition to having a clear framework, making sure that you have built a real marketing plan. How are you getting in front of people? How are you making sure that you're getting this information, you're getting your offer out in front of more people? This is something that I think a lot of us tend to shy away from if we didn't come into business loving the idea of marketing ourselves or promoting ourselves. But when you get a plan in place, it becomes so much easier. And finally, we talked a lot about the mindset and the importance of staying consistent with your marketing. There are so many shiny objects out there, and I think we, because of just the nature of how the world is right now, we're always going to get pulled to thinking that this new platform or this new thing is going to be what helps us explode our growth. But honestly, it's the consistency that builds sustainable businesses. So if you can be 80%, 90% rinse and repeat doing the same thing that works over and over again give yourself 10% to play around with what's new and see if it might work for you. But don't scrap a great marketing system or a great marketing plan just to chase the next shiny object. We only want to be testing a little bit. Maybe 10% of our time is testing something new, trying something new, but 80 or 90% is rinse and repeat, doubling down on what we know works. If you love this episode, I really encourage you to go check out Nikki's book, go buy a copy and share with us about your big takeaways. Tag us on Instagram. We want to hear from you. What were your big takeaways from this conversation? I know I loved it. And I'm so excited that I get to connect you with some of my amazing business besties who have so much to share with us. All right, that is a wrap on this episode. I will be back next week to talk about how to launch your genius and we will continue these amazing
1: conversations.